Hello and welcome to Point Streak, a podcast where we talk everything gaming and the issues that concern gamers. We're all members and contributors at Enthusiax.com, and thank you again for joining us. You can follow us on Twitter, at Enthusiax, or check out our, our YouTube channel, Enthusiax, where all our video content and Let's Plays reside. I'm your usual host, Jeff, or Baron Fang, and today I am joined by Chris. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, by Jennifer. Hello. And by Goose. Hello. So let's get to uh, what we ask up the front of every point streak. What have we all been playing? Uh, take it away, Chris. I'm playing Mass Effect Andromeda, which mm. just came out this week mm -hmm. at, at the time of recording. Mm -hmm. And I'm playing Ghost Recon Wildlands. Cool. I forget that it's a Ghost Recon game a lot. <laughs> yeah, we all just call Wildlands. <laughs> and, and, and people who are familiar with the old franchise might easily forget that because it has uh it's definitely evolved <laughs> from where it started uh how about you jen uh, a lot of wildlands like a lot um and of course clicker heroes thanks again chris for the continued addiction that? oh yeah i forgot i'm playing that <laughs> right now well it, it's loosely considered a game we'll hmm. say that and um, I actually just bought a Nintendo 3DS XL. Like, like I purchased it online like five minutes before this call started. So, well, yeah. that counts. I'm gonna have a lot to talk about next time. Huh? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh, and Goose, what have you been playing? I've been splitting my time between Clicker Heroes, obviously, <laughs> Mass Effect Andromeda, obviously. and Skyrim. I love how we're all just saying uh, nice. obviously now. Not even <laughs> fighting anymore. Um. Yeah, I've been playing quite a bit of Wildlands and uh, a little bit of um, oh my god, I forgot the name. What's the Drive, drive Club, <laughs> the racing oh, game? Oh right. <laughs> On uh, um, well, uh, this is a topic that uh, initially I didn't think this uh, would really bear out a, an entire episode, but I I apologize <laughs> who who ever had that idea because the more I thought about it, the more I thought, of course, we could get an episode out of this. So we're going to talk about character customization. Um. It's funny how how much it comes up these days. Like there are there there have been times for me when I, I've been on gaming kicks where character customization has been the furthest from my mind, and then there's other times that it's like almost the central <laughs> point <laughs> it seems of of the gaming experience. So yeah, uh, one one that's uh, been worth talking about for a while. I, I can't say that any one game or one incident has sort of uh, brought the subject up but worth discussing i uh for me when i think about character customization in games going way back my mind goes to rpgs and and i i think it's probably fair to say that that's where a lot of the current games get that from in, in the same way that rpg elements have leaked their way into a lot of different games that they were never present before the customization that was just the done thing in uh in RPGs back in the day is now, well, it's, it's in all sorts of genres you wouldn't even think to look for it. Um, now, I don't know if we need to define terms. I mean, there is obviously character customization with the whole, um, I'm not even sure what you would call this, but being able to, to wear a different piece of clothing or armor or something on a character, but it also has different stats. Uh, I, I think... Um, I, th I think, and Chris, maybe you can help me with this. I think KOTOR had a lot of that, where you could wear different things or have different items on, but there was a point to them. Like, they had different stats and abilities. They weren't just 
they didn't just look different they actually did something different for your character that you you can call that customization to a point um but also you see a lot of just pure cosmetics these days too uh and that's something that's even having dollar figures attached to it which is something that you know years ago been unheard of aside from infamous cases like horse armor <laughs> that we all remember fondly uh i, I might ask uh sort of what was the first game for you that was uh where you really got headfirst into character customization or, or whether it, it really struck you as as being important for the first time what, what would have been that game for you uh probably would have been knights of the old republic mm. Um, because that's, that what came out in what, 2003. Um, I don't really recall, and I didn't get into a lot of the old CRPGs before that. So I don't, I can't speak to the degree of customization in any of those, Yeah. but, uh, definitely Knights of the Old Republic was, was one of the earliest RPGs. And yeah, in, in that game, there was, um, a degree of customization in terms of stats and things on, yeah. on different armor sets and clothing, so it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just customization for the sake of customization. It was also a functional thing too. Yeah, and, and I can remember that game. I'm sure you do, Chris. Uh, be the first time I ever remember a game where I'm having a conversation with another character and I'm wearing this ridiculous thing on my head or something, you know, that that gives like a plus to aiming or something. Those, those visors, <laughs> yeah. those headbands, and, and I'm sitting or there the earpieces. I'm trying to have this serious conversation, pouring my heart out, heart out, and I'm wearing something that looks like Captain EO. Just, <laughs> and yet, as, as so jarring as that was, at I, I can't think of it there, that there was that immersion those choices that you made in a sub menu affected how you literally were being portrayed in these like rather pivotal scenes in the game you know? like just just the thought of like you know the fallout after you discover that you're revan and you're you're wearing you're wearing this ridiculous red pair of eye goggles and people are trying to take you seriously in a scene um how about you jen what what would have been the first game that uh we're you know customizing your character well where you remember it coming up first, yeah I guess. well i'm laughing because i think my my first actual taste of i've been a gamer my whole life but i think my first real taste of creating my character that i'm going to play as was actually in the original sims hmm and I got super wrapped up in that game. Like, yep. I, I would have thrown all my money at a new expansion pack if they said that there were all these new outfits. Like, that. I mean, even just a very, very small taste of character customization would have made me so excited. Yeah. So that was probably, like, my start. And then, of course, my first, like, open world game was Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Mm -hmm. And there were elements there. It was CJ. You could buy him clothes. You could give him a haircut. He could eat fast food all day and get really big or go to the gym and work out and get all fit. <laughs> like they just kind of being able to sort of tailor him to be what you want him to be. And then, of course, it's gone from there. Games like Fallout that just oh, so much to it where there's appearance items that give you bonuses and some that are just cosmetic. And to me, the more the better. So I love yeah. it. How about you, Goose? Uh, when did you first sort of notice uh, that becoming a central point of enjoyment for you or, or where you just encountered it? I think the first time I ever encountered a real character customization system was actually going back a ways to um, Ultima 4. Mm. And, yes. and it, of course, now granted, back then customization was um, race, what color, and it's like your name, but still. It was one of the first things that showed me that you could actually tailor make a character to you. Now, since then, obviously, like Jen said, games like Fallout, the Dragon Age franchise, and things of that nature have come along that have really upped the game as far as maybe cosmetic customization. 
But I think that's really, for me, where it all started. How much, uh, <laughs> and we can include the, uh, you know, character, um, character creation screens into the mix if you want. Chris, how much time do you, how much time would you spend on customizing your character in, in, a, in a game? Do you, do you go overboard? Is it, the, or is it just, you know, whatever, you know, just whatever looks good and, and then start, start into the game and worry about it later? Always pick the default. That's that's not true, actually. I, I do that a lot. So my my average time spent on character creation is probably something reasonable because yeah. I either go with the default option that's good enough, like uh, like in Mass Effect most of the time, or um, that's that's a, a special example though that we might circle back to at some point. Yeah. Um, or I'll spend a significant amount of time kind of tweaking things. Like I actually spent a, a good bit of time on Fallout 4's character creator because it was so robust oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i always think that word sounds silly in that sense but but it really was yeah um so you know it, it depends and uh i tend to as as far as gameplay stat affecting items i tend to pick things that function better over ones that look a certain way but um i usually try to find some kind of balance there where there's something that is both good and looks really cool yeah you don't want it. You don't want your character completely fugly, right? <laughs> even if even if he does get good stats. Um, how about you, Jen? Uh, where where would you place on the uh, on the scale in terms of uh, <laughs> addiction versus uh, non-committal? <laughs> I spend way too much time in character customization or character creation, I should say, even from the get-go in games like Dragon Age Inquisition, Fallout 4, the games that where you have a lot of meat to it, where you can spend a lot of time tailoring every little thing from their ears to their nose to their lips i mean i just i'll go nuts and i'll spend like <sighs> i've probably spent hours in character creation with those games um so it's definitely a little bit of a problem and then as far as like in-game even in games like wildlands i'm changing my clothes constantly mm. and you know making new outfits but like you know like chris said when it comes to like stat based um armor maybe in like skyrim or something I I would say I lean a little bit more towards it has to look good. Yeah. But I won't completely deny something if it gives amazing stats and it, I hate how it looks. You know. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, there is still a balance there, but I'm definitely one of those people that just absolutely loves making my character look how I want them to look. It's so yeah. much fun. What about you, Goose? I'm actually ashamed to admit that I once <laughs> spent four and a half hours in a character <laughs> customization screen for Fallout 3. <laughs> That's understandable. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But yeah, I definitely spend white gents at way more time than I should in character creation screens. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is something I thought about quite a bit. And, you know, as somebody who's a pretty big fan of of uh half-life and several other games that have silent slash invisible protagonists uh start with you chris uh do you feel more connected to a game where you can customize your character versus a game that has a set very defined protagonist or is that even a factor for you or does that enter into it in terms of your connection that's a really good question because on the one end of the scale, we have Skyrim, which is just the most blank slate possible for a <laughs> <Yes>. character, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which lets me kind of get like down to the thoughts, the individual thoughts that, that character is having. I'm actually thinking about what my character is thinking, saying, all kinds of stuff. Um, so to a point, it does. 
Um, but it's not so much necessarily the customization that does that. It's it's how much aside from the customization the character has been predefined that I can like write on top of them. So it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. How about you, Jen? I mean, you've obviously liked games in both examples, but is it right. is, do you, do you feel more of a a connection to one versus the other, or does it even have an effect on you? I think for the most part, it does have an effect in that it makes me feel more tied to them. There are obviously exceptions, like earlier Chris mentioned Mass Effect. I always went with stock male Shepard because to me, he just felt right. Mm. And I'm sure some of that is because he's he's right there on the cover. Like he's to me, he's the Mass Effect Shepard. So doing anything else felt kind of weird, but I was still super tied to him, even though I didn't customize him at all. Mm -hmm. But then you have games like Dragon Age Inquisition. I was just completely obsessed and in love with my Inquisitor. She was like so cute and so beautiful. And that kind of, for some reason, creating her kind of helped me, I don't know, maybe care about her a little bit more and the people around her. So there's definitely an aspect there that ties you more to them if you can create them yourself yeah well goose i mean this has got to be a tough one for you too i mean some of your favorite games like a, a journey etc have got very clearly defined uh prota- protagonists at least in terms of design uh, or maybe they have a lack of voice at all but uh you know you're also spending hours and hours in fallout with your sort of <laughs> length of character so do you have a preference for one or the other or do you feel more connected to one or the other I think to me it's more akin to if the storyteller can bring me in rather than me making a character having that connection to it. Yeah. The blank slate characters, it's easy to become attached to a character you created, but I feel personally there's a bigger connection when there's a story that actually drives draws you in to their creation. Yeah, I, and I, I hate to belabor KOTOR, but it's a great example. Not only is your character in the one sense a blank slate, and literally, if you if you think about what happened to the character's arc, but it simultaneously also has a very clearly defined character underlining it in the character of Revan that that, that is you know not dependent on you that that is a character that's outside of of your creation, but they're still they still somehow it, that that game manages to uniquely sort of combine those two things you, you know your your revenue is still your revenue and yet it's a, it's a, it's also a, a key cutter one too that you know the background of up to the point where you take control at least uh preset um i don't know how i honestly don't know how to answer that question i i've i've liked games in in either camp um and i can certainly get I can certainly understand the case with you, Jen. You know, you jumped into Inquisition, the third game, and no connection to the lore or the world, mm-hmm. and right. yet you still managed to like the game a great deal. And I, and I imagine that 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 hands-on creation that you had probably played into that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is a quick one for everybody. Who here has actually role-played a character to the point where their clothing <laughs> changes will will differ on the situation or the weather or or oh, mood totally. like like oh in this situation <laughs> i think they'd wear x like does, has uh, i mean chris your skyrim character sounds like it's probably gone down that road but for you i've i've never done the whole changing clothes thing just because i find that a little bit tedious um and i'm not saying that that's outside of the realm of possibility for something that i would do if there were a way for me to kind of will the character's clothing to change without having to go through menus. I, <laughs> I, it's entirely possible that I would switch based on the weather. Um, and also, uh, as we discussed, <laughs> I 
as we as we discovered it through playing Wildlands, uh, characters with beards <laughs> tend to make bad decisions. Yeah, so yeah. that's my uh, my operating philosophy. So in that sense, yeah, I've role played the heck out of characters with beards. I, I, I find it funny in Wildlands a number of times that someone's been driving the vehicle and the other two have been stuck in their menu screens changing their shirts, pants, or, or hats or whatnot <laughs> while they should be paying attention to what's going on portside starboard. I'll you know? change by province. Like, if we're in, like, the snowy mountains, I'll put on, like, the fleece jacket. <laughs> That's true. I actually have done that. So, yes. So, yeah. I, I have, just at least in Wildlands, changed clothes. <laughs> How about it's you, Juice? How about you, Goose? You you ever made the switch for, for a mountaineering job or a jungle setting or anything like that? Oh, yeah, totally. Especially <laughs> in, in Skyrim, for example, I always have my town outfit hotkeyed on one thing and my armor hotkeyed on the other so I can just switch when I get to town. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I like that. Well, uh, perhaps getting a little bit more hot button, um, increasingly cosmetic stuff is being filed under the area of optional and optional to a lot of game companies it means dollar signs means opportunities for for cash um who i mean uh i'll cover everybody because i know we all have differing feelings on this but chris have you ever spent money on uh cosmetics in a game or is that just something you wouldn't do I spent about $300 on skins for League of Legends, which isn't really a character customization heavy game, but those are totally cosmetic things. Wow, okay. Uh, so, so, yes. So, it, 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 so basically, my jaw hanging open. It, it's tied to your level of investment in the game, yeah. I guess. And I, I guess that's a free-to-play game anyway, right? So, uh, right. Oh, okay. Uh, well, look, for myself, for the only game I've ever spent total, uh, what do you call them, Jen? The, the premium skins? And then a few other Premium bits and skins. pieces. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I bought a cowgirl hat for <laughs> for Mesa that I just <laughs> – I was like, I have to have that. It's uh, fitting. But, yeah, that's – for me, that's a rare thing. I, mean, I, I might have bought – I mean, I spent a dollar on my PlayStation Network logo. Does that count? I guess it yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, no, for for me, it's it's a rare thing. Uh, how, how about you? Um, apart from you shelled out my in-game cosmetics in the past? Not really. I try to hold back from those because they make me really angry. I really don't like a company because they know a lot of us and us, I'm pointing to myself, are suckers. Because if I really want something, I will put money into it. Mm. But I hold back a lot. Like the Wildlands store is driving me nuts. It's like, oh, this is, you know, 2,000 credits, which is like 20 bucks to get a jacket and a hat and sunglasses and a weapon that are all one theme. Well, Mm. that looks cool and i might really really want one but you know i I bought one ghost pack and that's it i'm not gonna buy anything else i would have paid for the cigar i didn't have to but i would (laughs) have no right yeah we got that with our with our you play credits or whatever they're called uh goose uh where do you draw the line i mean you're obviously happy to shell out for good dlc but uh when it gets into the area of clothing hats and stuff uh where what are your for me i'm going to i'm going to shell out maybe five ten bucks for like armor set, weapon set, something like that. But something that's strictly cosmetic, nah, I wouldn't yeah. put any money into it myself. Yeah, it, it's uh, I I don't care when it's an afterthought, but 
yeah, there's some there are some games that definitely cross the <laughs> cross the line. Uh, and in particular, you know, I mean, the horse armor thing is probably the sort of legendary bad. Ex- there's some other ones. Crazy. I mean, even Warframe, which is I think a game that does it right. They've got a couple of cosmetic packs that uh, run into the sort of eighteen twenty dollar range in total, which to me is a little bit much. Um, somebody at Bethesda who face palms every time we mention the horse armor. Well, I mean, uh, they. They walked right into that, you know, like, <laughs> the, you, you it, know what I will say, though, really quick about Warframe. The thing that I do love about them is that you can get the platinum credits mm-hmm. by collect by getting by farming and getting things yeah, in game, money, selling know. it to other players who yeah. want to buy it. Yeah. And then you can buy things with. It. So yeah. it's like so much as cosmetic that you can buy, but at least you can do that to kind of earn it. So you can play the game yeah. to earn it instead of being yeah. you, just forced can, to put money into it. You can put in a little bit of time to earn stuff if you if you really wanted it. It wouldn't be that difficult. Yeah. Um, well, uh, is there a game out there, Chris, that you think really gets the character customization right or does something well or really unique that stands out from others? Uh, I mean, I know you mentioned... Andromeda. I don't know whether you meant that in a unique, good, bad way, but uh, are there any honorable mentions there for you? Yes, actually. I was thinking about this. Leading up, I did my homework. This, I did this one piece of homework. <laughs> I think of what my favorite customization was. And um, it would have to go to Saints Row 2, two 3, and 4. I didn't actually play Saints Row 2, but the character creation was really solid. 3 and 4 mm-hmm. I played a lot. Um, and they let you do, like, everything. Uh, but your body shape, your hair color, like skin color, even yeah. weird things. Like you can be like a metallic green guy if you want to. <laughs> um, Saints Row 2 had this option where you could pick a facial expression, which they didn't carry into the later game. But it was just really like you could make some freaky looking characters with that. And then uh, just the sheer number of clothing options in all of those games was really cool. Um, I would change a lot, but they also had... You know, a lot of neat outfits. You could dress up like a superhero if you wanted to, or you could dress up like Neo from the Matrix, or like a soldier, or like you know somebody who lives in the hood, actually a, a gangster. Um, so that was one of the things they did really, really right. Just so many different options to choose from. Yeah. How about you, Jen? Well, I, yeah, I have to second Saints Row. They do it very, very well, and also um, Bethesda. I mean, I. I've probably spent the most time customizing my characters in the Fallout games. Um, and just, I, I love the little things that they'll put in that are cosmetic that you can get in missions or just kind of seek out in little side quests that you might not even have known existed. Mm-hmm. Like there is that, I can't think of what it's called, but it's like a gangster costume. Help me out, Goose. There's like a fedora. <laughs> yes. That was amazing. And I, it also had a quest to go with it. Yes. And when I was doing the quest and I had it and you were supposed to return it to somebody like, oh, here's the the costume I found for you. I seriously considered never finishing the side quest because I wanted to keep it and I thought I'd have to lose it. Yeah. So for a long time, I didn't finish the side quest, and then I Googled it, and it's like, oh, they give it to you anyway. Because I just, I loved that. So I like games that kind of put in little stuff like that just in side quests. Oh, here's a new outfit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about you, Goose? Is there any one game that really uh, stands out for you or d- does something better than most as far as customization is concerned? I'm going to have to parrot the other two. Definitely Saints Row is, in my opinion, top of the heap when it comes to the sheer amount of customization options. But yeah. if I was going to have a secondary choice, I would have to agree with Jen. 
Most of the Bethesda games do go for a great deal of customization. Again, not quite as much as Saints Row, but pretty close. Yeah. Uh, Chris, before we uh, veer off this topic, is there is there anything about, and well, either in comparison to the older Mass Effect games or, or not, is there anything about the Andromeda system that really stands out for, for good or ill? Uh, it's not that good, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think... I don't think Mass Effect has ever had a particularly good character creation system, um, but this one's a step back. Hmm. And uh, the main reason for that is that the the way character creation works is you have a, a choice of, uh, if you want to do a custom, which I highly recommend because the default faces are creepy. Uh, <laughs> if, if you want to do a custom, you can choose from nine different stock heads. Um, and you can tweak certain things about them, like eyebrow height and depth and, and you know, your, like, facial structure things. Yeah. But you can't change things like the nose shape. There's no way to, like, cycle through different shaped noses or different eyes or different mouths. It's just whatever comes on that stock head, and then you can kind of change the proportions a little bit. Mm. Um, so it's – and, like, your skin color and your hair color. So it's, it's really not particularly – uh, impressive hmm. compared to a lot of things that are. I mean, when, when you look at something like Fallout 4 and how how good that uh, character creation system is, how many options you can change on the faces, like there's not really an excuse for a game like Mass Effect where character creation has been a thing for a while to be that weak. Yeah. Well, for myself, um, I got to give Warframe pretty high marks for customization because there's so many things. That, well, your ki- your equipment is fully customizable. There's a lot of skins. Your your different Warframes themselves have varieties, attachments, etc. Even your companions and your ship uh, and the interior of your ship are customizable, which is nice. I, I got to give uh, an honorable mention to... Um, to two games though some older games one is worms the worm series has actually been remarkable for the you would think a game where you're essentially playing as small teams of worms wouldn't have much but between <laughs> the fact that you can pick a lot of different voices um mm-hmm. and logos and 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 little outfits for them etc it actually does a pretty a pretty good job in a game that you know you wouldn't think that would even be part of it and um I also have to mention, uh, going back to the original Baldur's Gate games, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but this this was a game that, that wasn't voice acted, except to the extent that your characters and the various character classes that could be in your party had had triggered sort of things that they would say depending on what was going on. Like there were two or three things they, three things they could say in combat, like a battle cry... Uh, I'm hit sort of maybe 15, 16 things altogether. You could actually record your own lines for those things and, and, and put them into the game. I always thought wow. that was really excellent that they offered that. And of course you could download other people's versions uh, and, and put them in your own. Um, and that sort of brings me to my uh, final question, which is what would you like, g- given that character customization has come a long way and, and, you know, we've identified saints row, and Fallout uh, series is, is pretty high watermarks generally, and, and Skyrim, in, in fairness as well. What what would you like to see in future for character customization as something that doesn't exist yet, or maybe something that's seen too seldom, or that you've only seen in one game and would like to see in more? Where where would you what would you like to see if uh, if you were making calling the shots as far as character customization is concerned, Chris? I would like to see it's it's it hasn't been. It has been done, mm-hmm. um, and it was in Dragon Age Inquisition, although it was it was patched in after release. Mm-hmm. Um, 
In Dragon Age Inquisition, you can take a piece of armor that you like the look of, and you can craft it from certain materials to get the stats that you want. So yeah. they allow you to choose a look and a stat that you like at the same yeah. time. And not a lot of games do that. Okay. Um, so I thought that was a really good thing for them to, to patch in. Um, and so far, um, Mass Effect Andromeda has sort of a shade of that, mm-hmm. uh, where you can... It, it's more to do I with know. the coloring ne- than the stats, um, but there is like that element of being able to tweak your your gear that you want in a slightly less... Um, and not not quite as good of a way as Dragon Age Inquisition did it, but it's kind of there. Yeah. And uh, I'm hoping that you know that game receives some patches too to 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 tweak character creation. Cool. So we'll see. How about you, Jen? What would you like to see? Um, definitely more, like you said, of of Inquisition, where you could you know get your your armor, or your look that you want, and have the stats that you want. I mean, that was just amazing. That was one of my, one of my favorite aspects of the game. I didn't even know it was patched in later, but um. I love that. And I want more of the games. Like, if you're going to have character creation, don't half-ass it. Like, if you're going to do it, like, it sounds like Andromeda's isn't very good, or at least I, I probably won't like it a whole lot. But if you're going to if you're gonna do that, put a little bit more effort into it yeah. and allow more options to create your character. I just, I, I don't like when they put it in there, but they, like, kind of, they half-ass it. That bothers me. So I, mean, I think... In- in their defense, it is a step up from Knights of the Old Republic. So, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I never played that actually. So yeah. you could you could pick your head. That was it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, cycled through six preset heads, and, yeah, and you, you're don't, off. you don't get to choose your hair or anything. But you so could wear those snazzy up. visors. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. So it's a step up from the original yeah. Sims as well. Yeah, I, I played the Revan that looked like, that looked like an accountant. Basically, he was one of oh, the six gosh. male heads. So, um, <laughs> Uh, Goose, uh, what would be on your wish list uh, for for you know the future of uh, better and brighter character customization? Honestly, I would tell them to keep it simple. Take what you what they did in Fallout 4 as far as your actual character customization. Take the Dragon Age armor combination system and put them together, and mm. you would have basically maybe not the perfect system, but pretty damn close. Yeah. You'd be able to have a hideous monster that has cool-looking armor and good stats. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, if I had two wishes, it would be one that um, games that do have voice options, that they would have more of them. Because I find yeah. that games that tend to have voice options either have two <laughs> or have a f- bunch of choices, but a few of them are so awful <laughs> that you would never go near them. <laughs> You know, so yeah, more and and obviously this doesn't work for a game that has like ten thousand. I'm impressed when the games like Fallout that much dialogue proper me, but for games that have a little less, maybe some more choices, two men, two women type options. And, and another thing that I find a lot of games get wrong and really wrong is if you're going to allow the ability to change characters. Um, and I that I think that would be great. Uh. Either do it well or don't have it in, because a lot of games have have customization where you end up looking like a really decrepit looking younger person, <laughs> or or when you go yep. really young, they look like a doll basically, like they don't look like a real person. I, I don't know yep. why it is that games can't get that right. You know, we have all these really excellent graphics. The, unless the person is in their twenties or early thirties, they never look right. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. Maybe 
maybe they just uh, spend less time on that because they figure, you know, the average player is going to be picking at a certain age range. But uh, yeah, if you're going to have that ability, um, I either get it right or don't <laughs> don't put it there and have these weird looking pod people uh, that are outside of the average age range. Well, thanks, everybody. I, um, I I think this is one that we might be able to come back to uh, in, in future, depending on if, if the if there are advances, I guess, in character creation down the line. But uh, yeah, we shall see. As I mentioned up the top of the show, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Enthusiax, uh, our YouTube channel where all our video content and Let's Plays uh, reside is channel Enthusiax. Um, on, on the site, up at the top right-hand corner, you can head to our forums where you can join in conversations there. Um, our mailbag for this podcast is simply pointstreak at enthusiacs.com. If you have any questions, feedback, or suggestions for show ideas, thanks you again to my guests, Chris, Jennifer, and Goose. Thank you for listening, and join us again on our next episode of Point Streak. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I already jumped out of the helicopter. I'm long gone. <laughs> 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 Bye-bye. Hashtag Wildlands. <laughs>